Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Business of Music podcast, where we teach you everything you need to know about owning and growing a music business. My name is Elliot Towsley, and my business partner, James Landry, and I are your hosts. Shoot us an email to contact at denovoagency.com so we can answer your questions on our next podcast. And to learn even more, subscribe to our YouTube channel and sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Business of Music podcast. All right. How's it going, everyone? My name's James Landry. That's my business partner, Elliot. Um, we are the Business of Music podcast still. That's the name of this podcast. Still. Um, still. I... <laughs> who knows you want to rebrand all the time i could give you hey the podcast is staying as is the business of music podcast that's the title of the podcast who it's powered by or presented by or what website it's on is a different conversation but ladies and gentlemen this is the business of music <laughs> podcast <laughs> as of now for now it still is the business of music podcast and um two things i realized since the last episode was one I started keeping track of how many episodes we've had. And last episode was a big milestone for us, James, here at the Business of Music podcast, in case you forgot. <laughs> the milestone we hit was we've done 25 full episodes. Um, and there are actually some people who have listened to all 25 of those and have been able to sit through me and you ramble um, for a lot of time. That's like 25 or 30 hours worth of uh rambling right there so we appreciate everyone who's checked out our podcast um but today we're excited to talk about two things in particular um we posted a thing on instagram that said you know hey let us know what topics you want to covered on our next podcast we're doing it you know today or something like that and a lot of the um like submissions we got yeah, responses. I was looking for that's the word I was looking for. A lot of the responses were um, talking about how to roll out an album the right way. Um, and a lot of people were asking, what are the things that major record labels are actually looking for? So today, that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to cover two things how to successfully roll out an album as an independent artist. And as an independent artist, trying to get the attention of a major record label, what are the three main things that a record label is looking for, are looking for, what, uh, whatever. Not an English major. Okay, so we're going to get this started. James, let's give you yes. the floor. Let's scratch the surface. Let's get people on the same page of the general process of how to roll out an album successfully as an independent artist. All right, I'm going to go before even thinking about making an album. What you're trying to do is make people listen to your music, get your platform elevated, meaning releasing some singles and um, getting some ears on your music is the first step to actually thinking about releasing an album because a lot of artists think the first thing they're going to do is release an album and that's going to be it. That's going to work. Um, but ultimately, if you release an album to no one, no one's going to listen. You're going to market each song individually. And if you have to do that, it's also an uphold battle with Spotify because you've lost the chance to be on release radar. So at the beginning, what we like to do is release one song at a time, get ears and eyes on one song at a time, and just get, give people a feel of what type of music you make. Um, 
it doesn't all have to be the same. It doesn't all have to be R&B. You could go hip hop, R&B, pop. You could even throw an EDM remix in there if you really wanted. Because ultimately, if someone's going to listen to an album of yours, they have to be a fan of you, not just a song. So at the most basic level, you just need to get some songs out there in the world and promote them to get people to learn what type of music you make. Um, at that point, if there's people listening to your music, um, everyone brings up Russ all the time. He released a song, a song, a song, and a song to get people to listen. Um, he does still release albums, but even if you look at his releases, the albums aren't going to do as well. Songs 8 through 12 aren't going to do the same numbers as songs 1, 2, 3, and 4, unless he promoted each one individually. So usually, actually, I've noticed what Russ has been doing is his singles he includes in albums are at the end of the album. So if he's already released four singles, he's not going to start the album off with those. He puts them at the end because he knows less people are going to go all the way through. So let's, if less people are going to go all the way through, let's put what people have already heard at the end. Because most likely, no one's going to listen to song number two if they've never heard any other song of yours, even if they come across song number one, because people are passive listeners. So first step, I would say, probably Elliot and I didn't talk about actual steps or anything <laughs> before this. Personally, I would say the first step is get music on platforms to let people listen to your type of sound and see if they become a fan of you. Once you have some fans, that's when you think about releasing an album. Yeah, I, that's a great take. And I think one thing is as much as you want to get listeners aware of you, you want to get a general sense of who your listeners are, where they are, who else they're listening to. Does anybody give a shit? Um, and the reason why an independent artist or really anyone these days starts by doing single after single is because you want to build up into an album, not down and out from an album. I've made, I made this mistake years ago when I was making music, we had a bunch of good songs that at the time we thought were good. And there were like 15 of them that were like really well done, really well mixed, really, you know, we, we spent a lot of money going to a really nice studio, getting it done like the right way. And where we fucked up in or at wasn't in making the music. We had decent music of those 15 songs, I bet five of them sucked. Five of them were okay. Five of them were good. So that's still five songs that we could have marketed. But what we didn't consider, our thinking was, well, let's put out this whole album as a landing page of sorts. And then when we promote songs randomly, whenever we have a few extra hundred bucks because we were 22 or something and we didn't have a plan or a budget or any idea what we were doing. But... What our thinking was, was let's level up here. And then as we promote or as we get some attention, people will kind of land on the album and they'll poke around. Um, and what we didn't realize was that was what we wanted to have happen. But it's rarely what happens. It might happen to the group of people you already know. If you already have a thousand people in your city or who are listening to you and you put out an album, they might check out most of it. They already know you. 
They already know that they like you. They're already supporting you. So when you release anything right away, the people who already know you, your save rate's going to be higher. They're going to check out other things of yours because they're already invested in you. Where we messed up was thinking about the other 99.99999% of people who didn't know me, who were not invested in me or us at all. So the reason that nowadays you want to scale up into an album rather than release an album and then scale down or out from it, what you want to you want to build an audience that and build an audience and build a platform that is somewhat connected with you so that when you have time to release this full project, you have a platform and an audience to give it to. You don't want to have an album and then use that to try to promote and gain an audience. You want to do something leading up into an album drop. Um, I'm trying to find like a good example off the top of my head of like someone who kind of got popular right away. They didn't just immediately make an album the next next month. They like the baby or even Lil Nas X. Like I don't think Lil Nas X has put out a full album. He might have put on like a five song EP or something. But and these guys are now hu- huge. The baby has put out projects, full projects now. But at, whenever the first song of his that started getting popular, what did they do? They followed it up with a single or maybe a feature on somebody else's single. It wasn't like, hey, we got some buzz next Tuesday. Let's release the full album. I, so Lil Nas did put, put out an album after uh, Old Town Road took off. It was after a couple of singles, though, right? Like yeah, it wasn't well, just I one think single. Old Town Road was on a single too. I well, mean, yes. that wasn't on an album. The um, baby is different because he put out albums, but he put them out like he was putting out singles. He put out twenty song <laughs> albums every like month. <laughs> it's like whatever. Here's more music. Um, but yeah, neither of them did that before they were signed to a label. Before they had some buzz, they weren't just releasing albums to make it in the industry um, because. I think we hear a lot of the time from artists and we hear a lot of artists say, well, I have a vision for this album and it's great. I understand artists. You're being the artist. You are thinking about this. The issue is no listener is ever going to see or hear your vision. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it for yourself, great. You should do it every once in a while. But if you want other people to appreciate what you put into it, you need people who are going to care about the whole thing, care about you enough to listen to everything. And if you think about it, pretty much any artist, I, you don't listen to the whole album all the way through. So even if you did think, like, I remember seeing with Elliot back in like 2016 and going through a track list, be like, well, this should this song be four or seven? It's not going to matter. The moment we stopped thinking like what we want to do and started thinking like, oh, what do, well, would other people even care? No, they're not going to pay attention because they're not going to find your music that way or come across your music that way or listen to your music that way. They're going to listen to one song when it comes in front of them. If they go to your album, it's because they're a fan of you and they want to hear what else you've done. So Mm -hmm. those are the people you need to find, not find. You have to create, Mm -hmm. you have to get them to become a fan of you before you release an album. Um, I said find, and we don't say find because these fans aren't just out walking around on the sidewalk right now in front of my house. Like there's no fans of me out there. I, they don't know I make music technically. 
So if I made music and I released it, even if I went and told them, they're not going to be like, oh, I've been waiting for you. I'm a fan of you. <laughs> I've been hiding here. Just, Thank you for discovering me finally. I've just been waiting to be a fan of yours. They, yeah. they don't. Um, there's a lot of people who listen to this who won't be a fan of DaBaby. You may like a song or two, and that's exactly how the whole rest of the world is. You have to think about them. Think about your music as if you're a listener of another person's. Don't think about your music as the artist to understand what you need to do before you release an album. If I, DaBaby, if you, if you were interested in becoming a fan of DaBaby, you would not just become a fan. It's because you have heard multiple songs. Um, and once you heard multiple songs, it might be enough for an album to come out and you be told and you go, oh, sweet, I want to hear that. Kendrick is an example right now I can come up with. If he releases another album, most of the world's going to listen. There's well, a lot of fans. Yeah. And anyone at that level That's one. That level. Yeah. Jack Harlow releases an album tomorrow. How many people are going to go listen to the whole thing? Some. Probably definitely not. some. There's definitely some, but not as many as Kendrick. No. And so you're, most artists are below that level, too. So if you go another step down, okay. Um, think about Lil Baby. Lil Baby didn't become big until he w- had Drake on a single he released in 2017, I think. Maybe 2018. 2018, 19. He released a single with Drake. Drake opened the song. Lil Baby, that wasn't on an album. It was a single. That was Lil Baby's attempt to get people to listen to him. Mm-hmm. Um, his label's attempt. Lil Baby, even now, I'd say less people would listen to his album if he came out with one tomorrow than Jack Harlow. Probably. Jack Harlow's newer and fresher, <laughs> but either way, this isn't even a competition. It's just showing you how every artist has different size fan bases. And that's why if an artist is signed, you won't see them immediately, re- immediately release an album. A lot of artists, the only reason they're releasing albums is to get out of their record deal. Not because they have fans begging them for new music. They're releasing it, not even to be like, I want to release now, but it is, I need to release a 15-song project or else I'm stuck another year in this record deal that I don't want to be in. Right. And I think um, a lot of artists have that problem of transitioning from like thinking artistically to thinking like business, you know? And it's all... The thing is, is most... Actually, 100% of the perspective that we come from and the advice we give is if you want to grow your music as a business and you want to take the emotion out of it and try to take as much of the ego out of it as possible. So it's not like if you don't, if, if it's not like if you don't do it this way, you're an idiot. It's just like, hey, in today's day, if you, if your mindset is I have this album, I don't necessarily care how we promote it. I want it to be the most effective way to promote it. How do I do it? The answer isn't, let's put out the album, let's use that to pump a bunch of ads and see what happens. When you, like, and also, let's just think of the listeners, too. Like, what James was saying with all those artists is just to point out that, like, if I, I mean, even Drake, if Drake put out a full album, I wouldn't listen to the whole thing top to bottom in one go. And it's Drake. If Eminem did, maybe I would do him because I'm a big Eminem fan. But even so, DaBaby, I still haven't checked out any of his full albums. I like 10 songs. And this is, even then, I would still say, I mean, I like those songs, but am I a fan of DaBaby? I've never searched for his music videos on YouTube. I've never considered buying a shirt. 
I might see him if he was in town uh, for a show or something, maybe. But I think for me, the definition of a fan is someone who goes out of their way to dig for your stuff and goes out of their way to like follow you. And then the next step would be as if they spend money on you. But there's many, many, many artists who have a million fans and 25,000 of them are the only ones buying anything from them. Because there's a big difference between being, hey, I really like your music, but I'm not going to, not enough to pay, to pay $35 to come see you at a show or $25 for your shirt. Yeah, take a step back to, to, back to what you said. I want to for a second. So we say it from the business side. Um, if you think about what Kanye and Kid Cudi did, they went even, even different from not doing albums. They went to shortening the songs because attention spans are so short. If you think that nowadays songs around two minutes, 225 are like that golden area of people paying attention, that kind of tells you how far away they are from even listening to an album. If you can't get someone to listen to a three-minute, four-minute, five-minute song, why do you think they're going to listen to more than one of your songs or an album at all? Kanye and Kid Cudi did their last album together and even on it they left like them talking about this saying keep it two minutes that is the golden area keep people in perfect maybe they'll listen twice that way you get paid double a four mm. minute five minute song or an album you're looking you're hoping that they're going to check out a second song Kanye and Kid Cudi went, pretty much went even lower than just they looked at each song as a business opportunity and shorten those. Yep. Yeah. Elliot and I coming in telling you as an artist to, hey, cut your song in half. You're going to think, no, why would I do that? Not because it makes art- artistic sense, because it makes sense in a business perspective. And that's how releasing an album does too, working mm-hmm. your way up to it. Well, and this is just a perfect illustration of the music business is about the listeners. It's not about you. If listeners want short songs and they don't want albums, too fucking bad. <laughs> like it's yeah. it's not. And I think a lot of people put this. Oh, the music industry's changing. It's the record labels' fault. It's this. It's that. It's all bad. If the consumers were out there buying albums and they wanted full done projects, that's what people would be making and selling. It's not the record labels' fault all the time. It's. It's no one's fault. It's just what's happening. It's adapt or die. Honestly, it's like if you, don't be blockbuster here. Like if if the indus if the market if everyone is saying I don't want to drive to y- you and get a I want you to send me the DVD in the mail. And if blockbuster goes, we have a million fans who are coming. What do we care? What did they they had, didn't adapt and they died. When's the last time you went to a blockbuster even saw one? I think there's one left and it's in Alaska. So don't be blockbuster. If the industry, meaning the machine that gets money from the audience, really it's the listeners. Don't think of the industry. It's the audience is what you're trying to milk money out of, not the industry. The industry helps you get money from the audience. So think of the audience. What does the audience want? What is the audience? The audience is mostly casual listeners who are not interested in spending their free time digging for music that they might or might not like. There, of course, are 10% or 15% of people that like to dig through the crates and like to find the B-side records and like to find those independent artists that no one's found yet. They enjoy it. But most people are listening to the radio or are watching whatever's 
YouTube puts in front of them, or they're listening to their Discover Weekly. They're not digging for new artists, they've, especially for artists they've never heard of. So most people out there are casual listeners who the music finds them. And they, even when they, they could find a, the, a new Justin Timberlake song. Oh, wow, he's really super famous. I've heard of him for 15 years. I heard his new single. What did I do? Hit next song and poof, I'm on to the next one. I did not go and look to see if he had a new album. And I sure as fuck didn't listen to the whole thing top to bottom. So if yeah. you don't adapt or do what listeners want, yes, you will. Some fan, you'll f- have some fans, I'm sure. Everyone will have one or two fans. Kind of like every restaurant has one or two regulars. <laughs> but even those shut down if they don't adapt, if they don't change, if there's always complaints about the same thing or they're not getting people to come in the doors and they're just running the same ads and doing the same thing, eventually they just die. Even with their five normal regulars that come in every day because it mm-hmm. doesn't generate enough money for the business. And if you're running a music business and your goal is to make money in your music business, you have to do what the listeners want. It may not be what you want. And if you're stubborn and don't want to, that's fine. Just never plan to make money sustainably in your music. Mm-hmm. Or work really, 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 really hard to sell CDs out of the back of your truck. But I don't know, consider the last time. One last thing on this topic is the artist often forgets about their own listening habits. How do you consume music? How often do you listen to a full album of someone you've just discovered, even if you love the song? There's a big difference between being a fan of the song, being a fan of the artist. Liking the song and liking the artist, two very different things. Um, consider your own listening habits. How often do you follow artists on Spotify, whether they're famous already or not? How many songs do you save every day? So it's hard to get people to do these things. So instead of trying to move the mountain that is putting out, no, I don't want to do the single game. Like artistically, people don't listen to full albums anymore. I get it. And that, yes sucks. But if your mentality is how can I grow my music business the most, swallow your pride, get over it. And instead of trying to move the mountain that is the new listening habits of everyone in the world, why don't you just climb the mountain instead of trying to move it? So that's the end of that. Or James, what do you got? Think about your habits everywhere. I was going to add on to it. Your listening habits. How often do you save and follow? Think about Instagram. Think about how hard it is to get someone to follow you on Instagram or click on an ad on Instagram. And even sometimes someone will follow you and they'll unfollow you because you don't follow them back. My own Instagram, I'm giving out advice and I see it every day. I can look at my little chart. I get like 50 new followers and 30 unfollows every day. Those 30 people are the ones who literally follow. Like, oh, I, I hope he follows me back. Why would I do that? Why would I follow you back? Why would I listen to your new song? Why would I save your song? I have to like what you're doing. You have to be providing me something that I felt like I enjoy enough to save or follow you on Instagram. And even more, follow on Spotify is something I have never done, I'm pretty sure, since Spotify came out in 2011. It's just, I understand artists always think they're the next big thing. Everyone can think that. But if you promote a song for a week or two weeks and you come back to us and complain that someone your follower count didn't go up on instagram 
I bet you if you ran an ad for two weeks on Instagram, your follower account wouldn't go up. Never mind running an ad on Spotify and hoping it trickles down to Instagram. It just doesn't happen. You wouldn't do it. Why do you expect someone else to do it? Yep. So consider your own listening habits when you're setting the expectations of your music marketing, whether it's with us or your own, whatever you're doing. Consider your own habits. Um, We'll be right back after this with the three things record labels are looking for from independent artists. The Business of Music Podcast, presented by DeNovo Agency. DeNovoAgency.com. If you are an independent recording artist, we know that you're fed up with unnecessary fees and giving away your royalties to a music distributor. Songflower introduces lifetime distribution, the most artist-friendly way to release music. It's just $10 for a single, $20 for an EP, and $30 for an album to have Songflower distribute your music for life. To all of the streaming platforms that you need to be on, Songflower never charges you any upgrades or hidden fees, and they will never take one penny of your royalties. Check out songflower.com to see why lifetime distribution is the right move for you and your music business. The Business of Music Podcast. All right. Sorry for another ad of me talking, but right back to me talking. (laughs) 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 Um, Okay, so our next segment is going to be all about the three things that major record labels are looking for in independent artists. And... A lot of people think that the main ingredient of what record labels are looking for is talent. Now, right away, talent is the, of the three things, talent is the least of their worries, unfortunately. But that's a discussion for another time. What they're looking at right now, unless you're the absolute top 1% of a singer or rapper that they've ever heard, that might change things. Other than being the best rapper or singer arguably ever, which if you're not, then um, you fall into the other 99.9% of the category here. The three things that record labels are looking for, number three, least important of the three, is a talent. Two, I would say, James and I have, didn't talk about, about this, but I want to hear his take. I'm gonna, the next two things are your buzz whether it's wherever it is, just an overall buzz online in wherever. And the other is how much funding or cash do you have behind you? I would argue that the buzz is more important than the cash because if the record labels already, hey, they see, wow, you've got a ton of buzz. How- if you've only got a little bit of funding, they can say, well, the buzz, there's a Goldilocks zone where if you've got enough buzz, we'll fund the rest. We think we can still take this to where we want to go. That's why I think buzz is more important than cash because you could also, the flip side of the coin is say I've got $10 million, which I'm trying to get radio time across the country. I'm going to run ads up the wazoo. I'm going to make a really dope. I've got $10 million. Keep in mind, a major record label for a major artist for a single does about 500 k for a big nationwide uh, promotion. So let's call it $1 million then to be somewhat realistic. 
even if I had a million dollars, I could, and I was trying to create all the buzz in the world. If I, if the, what I'm trying to promote is a bad product, it's not necessarily going to matter how much cash I have behind it. So if you ask me the three things that record labels are looking for, and this is from my experience here with talking to A&Rs, talking to marketing people, talking to former, you know, record label executive type people. And, you know, this could be different at particular record labels, but in general, the three things that record labels are looking for, for a major artist or for an independent artist trying to become a major artist. Number three, talent. Sure, you got to be, you got to have something good. But more importantly, how much funding do you have behind you? Because they're going to take a five out of 10 talent with 200 grand that they've raised from investors or whatever over someone who's an eight out of 10 with no money every time. And then the, thir- the most important is what kind of buzz do you have? Because we've talked about this before, I'm going to talk about it w- real quick again. Record labels are not in the business of developing your raw talent into something major. Record labels are in the business of taking something you've already created and something you already have and multiplying it by 10. So if you've got one out of a 10 going on, 10, they're not going to put their 10 in to get 10 back. They're looking for someone who's got an 8 out of 10 buzz. They've got some cash behind them. And if the talent is a 4 out of 10, who cares? Because they got a ton of buzz behind them. That's what they're saying. So think about... Artists too often spend too much time or they spend an adequate amount of time in figuring out what they want to be artistically and what kind of music they want to make, but they don't spend enough time in developing their business. If James and I put together the absolute greatest, coolest piece of software that anyone's ever seen, but we didn't do a good job in developing our business to get the proper funding to promote this or raise enough or to sell enough things to have enough money to promote it. And it doesn't matter if we could have the greatest idea, greatest piece of software ever. If we can't promote it or sell it, it doesn't matter. So that's my take. I talked a lot. So James, what do you got? Okay. I'm going to go three to one, just like you, but I'm going to leave talent off completely. I don't think they ultimately care. Uh, the internet has really gotten rid of um, the need to go find the best. It's no longer, you're not finding them. There's just so many. They can, even if you, they think you're the best, they can find someone who's close enough if you have other stuff. Um, so I don't think talent's even on there anymore. Um, I would go number three. I definitely go with funding. What kind of backing do you have? Um, do you have support? Support and funding to me are the same. Do you have a knowledge base? Do you have the connections? Those are funds to them. Do you have an A&R? Do you have the A&R will get those investors, but you need the A&R. You need their connections to be able to put you in front of people. So largely what they're looking for are at number three is are other people interested in investing in you? Are other labels interested in you? Because if they are, they are going to fight for you. They're not, if they do find someone who no one else is interested in, that's great. But most of the time, they're going to be sent people who have other offers, who have other connections, who have ARs, who have funding, who have their first big song that's about to be released with funding behind them. Because that gets, that jumpstarts what the label can do. It saves them time, money, 
testing connections to all the babying at the beginning. So number three, I'd say those connections, that funding that you get from those connections is number three. Number two, I would say they're looking for mindset. Are you motivated to make it in music? Meaning, are you willing to take advice? Or do you always think you're the best? Do you always think you're, you know what you're doing is right? Do you always think you need to be correct? You have to have every final say in a music video. Um, you're not going to let a producer help you try to do everything yourself. If that's the case, they are going to be taking on more risk with you. If they're not able to say, nope, you're going to go work with this producer, you're going to work with this engineer, because if you work with this engineer and this producer, we know we can make a hit. If you're not open to just taking lyrics that they give you and singing them for them, they probably don't want you because a lot of their money for lower level independent artists, that 90% of artists that never make it huge and make like 40 grand a year, often just perform what they are asked. They're not out there doing all this stuff. They're not... They're in the studio, yes, they're trying to make their own stuff, but they're also making the money and helping labels make money by doing what they're asked with other things. Maybe writing lyrics. Are you willing to not be that number one person on that label? Are you willing to have an audio engineer that you've never heard before stop you and tell you to change your lyrics because it has to be adjusted slightly? If you're not willing to do that, they're not going to be looking at you, I don't think, anymore. They're very, everyone I talk to is, do they have the right mental state? If you're going to give me a client, I need a client. I need a client that fits on Atlantic Records and has that vibe. Now, if you're going to give me this client, they also need the right mental state. They can't just be like Cardi B and Meg The Stallion. They also need to be willing to work like, like Cardi B and Meg The Stallion, to be the best, try to be the best in the way we tell them to. Number one for me would be buzz. Um, largely, buzz can be monetized. That is mm. why. Even if you're not monetizing it yourself, even if you're not making money, if you have buzz, a label is going to make you money. They're going to make themselves money. They're going to monetize that buzz and profit. If you're making money off that buzz, great. You're doing a great job and you probably don't need the label. But if a label sees you, you have buzz and say you're surviving, you're buzzing, you're making 50K a year, that's great. But a label is going to come in and go, no, you've got buzz. We can make you 500,000 on YouTube in a year alone. Never mind merchandise, everything else will pump out for you. So I'd go, like I said, I'd leave talent completely off this. It's not, yeah, it's great. But ultimately, if even if you're the second coming of Johnny Cash and uh, they're like, we need you. And you're like, well, I need 1.5 million and I want final say. They're going to go sign Elliot instead because he can sound like Johnny Cash and he's <laughs> not going to ask for that. No, I would have just thought of was what if they do come up with some guy and they brand him as like the new Johnny Cash and his name is Ronnie Rash. <laughs> <laughs> he Ronnie can Rash. Your Rings of fire. Ring of fire. Ring of fire. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness. Oh, what's that? Uh, ringworm? He's got ringworm. <laughs> Johnny, Ronnie Rash. <laughs> oh my goodness. I think, okay. Now let, let's, um, let's bring it back to this point. I still think artists are under the mindset of, you know what? There's an A&R somewhere who's on the prowl looking for that open mic night, raw, undiscovered talent that they can develop into the next Tupac. 
or whatever, insert artist name or band name there. And that's just not what happens. You said it yourself. It's there's too much talent. It's too talent is too accessible. Think of every year. Think of how many just on television shows there are like American Idol. America's got talent. Think of all the people that get it and they get on TV with a platform of 8 million people that watch it every week. And I couldn't tell you, (laughs) I couldn't tell you one person that won any of those shows other than like Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson. And that was like 15 fucking years ago or more. And so like, and those people are put on a platform, you know, in front of 8 million people every week and they win. And then everyone, wow, they got so much talent. Talent doesn't mean buzz because the general public, there's so much talent to go around. The difference, the, of course, the cream, the level one people, whether your talent is the songwriting or you're just singing talent or you're rapping, the level ones rise above. The m ms the Kendricks, I would even say Big Sean isn't level one. You know, he's, he's level two. I'd say like J. Cole is even arguably level two, not level one. Level one is like Jay-Z, Kanye, like the people who like our grandkids will know of. They're not going to know of Jack Harlow. They're going to know Eminem. They're going to know Notorious B.I.G. They're going to know Jay-Z. Are they going to know Cameron? So the three things, like, the mindset of I think some guy is going to discover me or they're going to hear my song. Uh, they're going to listen to my entire album because it's really, really that good. And I don't need to promote it. I just need the right person to hear it. And then someone's going to take me on and invest a ton of money in me because they see my raw talent. It's just not going to happen because it's too easy for them. Like James said, made a great point. It's too easy for them to find somebody with equal or better or very similar talent and sound who does have buzz or funding behind them. And it's a business. Why am I going to take on that much risk if I can take on half as much for the same thing here? So you need to, it, it's almost like you're trying to get funding for a business like a startup company. You have this cool product and you want to release it to everybody. But you know what? All I know how to do is make this cool product. I don't know how to market. I don't know how to scale a business. I don't know how to advertise. I don't know how to raise $100,000. So you need to think of your album and your music business as a startup company that is trying to put themselves in position for a big investor, a Shark Tank kind of guy to come in and give you money and put you in their little boot camp. But it's not going to be because they think you're, wow, you're really talented. And that startup idea too, it's a good way to think of it, except you're of the same product as right. so many people, it, millions. It, think like clothes. Why it's would like, they, yeah. Like why a clothing company. product mm-hmm. Because then it's about brand. It's not, well, this shirt just yeah. feels fucking so awesome. It's about the brand behind it. Why would they take your product? Even if you're talented, it's like quality. Okay, great. You have great quality of your product. But that one had knows the same lawyer we use. Um, they've got an A&R working with them who's got $100,000 going to this next, next rollout of the next t-shirt design. Mm-hmm. And you've got you and your buddy, who's your manager. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I'm sure your shirt's just as great. But they're about to get theirs in front of millions of people. 
and you're going to get yours in front of a few hundred because you're going to post on Instagram and ask people to share it. Mm-hmm. That's the a great connections and what you have and your openness to change what you're doing slightly based off of what the listeners want. Like we talked about before, if your listeners want you or you to do a two minute song and you just keep giving them 20 song albums, you're not going to make it. If you have a t-shirt and you're, everyone's telling you, Hey, I love this t-shirt. It's black. I just need a gray one. And you're like, Nope, we make black t-shirts. We make the best black t-shirts. You're not going to last because someone's going to go, Oh, we can make that same t-shirt pretty damn close. And, and we got I'm also going to make it in green, <laughs> blue, red, gray, white. I may even throw a logo on it too. We're just going to let people customize these. You want different stitching? We can do that too. Mm-hmm. Because the more you allow the people purchasing or your listeners to get what they want, the more you'll have more fans you'll convert. Because you're trying to get those listeners to support what you're doing, not just that black t-shirt. Yep. And the last thing I'll say, I really like this comparison of comparing it to a startup merchandise company. I think that's a great way to look at it um, because right, the differential or the differences in the product itself are subtle. It's about the branding. It's about the following behind the company. And what I'll say, the best way I can compare this is there's a big, big difference between being like someone who has music and someone who is in the, who has a music business. There's a big, big difference between having a product and having a business. And I think the same way with clothing, there's a big, big difference between having a PNG logo on a fucking t-shirt and having a brand. And it's about the following. It's not about, wow, how nice the shirt is. And wow, you know what? I've washed it seven times and it still fits. It's not about that. Of course, that comes into maybe, yeah, the quality of your product needs to be good in order to keep the people who have given you buzz happy. Of course. But there's a big, big difference between having a product and having a business. There's a big, big difference between, yeah, I make music. Here's my album and making money with it. There's a big difference between having a clothing brand and a business and having a fucking logo on a t-shirt. So know the difference. And it's one thing, if all you want to do is have a, a fun album and you want to, you love how it is top to bottom and that's what you want to do, I totally get it. More power to you. But if your mindset is how can I market my music because I'm tired of doing whatever I'm doing and I want to do music full time, I want to play shows, this is how you do it right now. In five years, it might be different. If everyone changes the music industry, sure, it might be different. But right now, if you're trying to get a deal or you're trying to do something to get anybody's attention, it's about the buzz, about who you know that can fund you and get you some cash. Because if you're not putting any money up for yourself, why would a label put up any money? It's the same. Hey, I've got a great idea for my fucking logo on some t-shirts, but you know, I'm not going to spend the two grand to get the first two batches of my product because I, my product, my logo is so good. I shouldn't have to. Doesn't matter. Proof. You got to have proof of concept and the proof of concept is buzz behind the brand, whether it's music or merch really like this comparison. We're going to keep this going for sure. (laughs) All right. 
James, what do you want to leave them with today? You got to update anything on the little Nas X lawsuit or anything like that? Still same shit. Anything there, same stuff there. Um, <clears throat> it's been a quiet week, I feel like, in music as a whole. Waiting for Kendrick to drop an album just suddenly on like a Tuesday because he could. But I've got nothing right now. I thought it was really interesting when you showed me that article of some website like back in December when we were like, oh, rumor has it that Eminem is dropping a new album. And then he actually did. Like, turns out, like the next morning, he did. And then this website made a bit and we were quoted as the source in it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, holy that was funny shit. When I saw that. Yeah, and it had a shit ton of likes and everything on it. And from and I was like, wow, that's pretty funny. Here we are, breaking news. <laughs> Eminem's going to release it. Eminem has, and we, well, we were right. And, uh, you know, our, our inside source. Uh, but that means this guy saw our post and was like, oh, that looks interesting. Like, looked it up. And then he was like, oh, they might be right. And they did an article. Turns out we were right. And we get credit. That's happened to Barstool a few times where they, like, come yeah. up. They, like, not make something up. But they're like, wouldn't it be wild if this happened? And then it did. And then, like, CNN has to, like, credit Barstool. <laughs> first report. This happened and first reported by Barstool Sports, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> So love it. Right, Shout well, out to that guy. Um, subscribe yeah. to us on YouTube to learn more. And thanks for tuning in to the 26th episode here of uh, James. What podcast are we again? The Business Music Podcast. There we go. And don't forget about it. Till next week, we'll talk to you later. The Business of Music Podcast presented by DeNovo Agency. DeNovoAgency.com. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Business of Music podcast. We love to hear feedback. Shoot us an email to contact at denovoagency.com so we can answer your questions on the next episode. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel to learn even more and check out denovoagency.com to see how we can help you grow your music business. Until next time, this has been the Business of Music podcast.